It is Friday, April 21st, 2023, and you're listening to The Dark Doorway with your host, Mark Bolden, coming at you from Florida, USA, the gun-shaped state, the home of Mickey Mouse and all things South. Now, we're going to be starting an interesting series of episodes here on The Dark Doorway. We're going to be talking about near-death experiences, and this series will be a reoccurring topic here on The Dark Doorway from time to time, as there are a lot of personal stories to bring to the foreground, stories from different people in all walks of life, stories that can give you inspiration that there is something beyond the veil. Our very first guest kicking off this series is a special friend of The Dark Doorway. The name of this guest is one that you have probably heard before, either on television, radio, podcasts, her popular YouTube channel, or from one of her many speaking engagements. That person is, of course, Geraldine Orozco. And we will talk to Geraldine in a moment and hear her story right after this. Have you ever dreamed about luxury living at an affordable price? Well, now is the time to realize that dream. Welcome to a unique destination in Punakana. Laramar City and Resort is located in a privileged enclave such as the Cliff of Viren, 100 meters above the sea, from where you can enjoy dream views of Punakana and the Caribbean. On the edge of the cliff, it will feature a set of artificial beaches and a Mediterranean-style promenade of more than three kilometers, with shops, swimming pools, lagoons, and restaurants. Under the cliff, there is a protected ecological cordon Liramar brings together wonderful views and all the services and amenities, always surrounded by an extraordinary natural environment. Liramar City and Resort will have a spectacular golf course designed under international standards and adapted to all levels of golfers, from beginners to experienced players. It will also have a first-class country club that will be the ideal complement to the golf course, which will have modern sports and social facilities for the use and enjoyment of all members. It's artificial beaches, infinity pools, and a spectacular Mediterranean-style promenade that backbone everything. Join endless exclusive amenities in leisure, sport, culture, and health to discover. Get to know all the amenities and locations offered by Liramar City and Resort. Visit us now at 2brpro.com for more information or follow the links in the show notes of this podcast for more information. Welcome back to The Dark Doorway where we're talking about near-death experiences. And our first guest on this matter is Geraldine Orozco. Now, Geraldine has an amazing background. She's the founder of Bay Area Meditation. She's had a series of profound life-altering and life-enhancing experiences from events that began around 2011 as an EBE abductee that reached an apex in 2013, which resulted in the activation of her psychic abilities. Her story is both amazing and terrifying, and you can learn about this more in the 2019 documentary, Extraordinary, The Seeding, on Amazon, which she's in. Geraldine also counsels other abductees on dealing with their experiences and is a well-known expert in the field. Geraldine is a frequent face on Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. She's had appearances on Gaia TV, Coast to Coast AM, and pretty much all over the place. Geraldine has amazing insight on the human and interdimensional experience, DNA reprogramming, and self-healing and self-love. In 2018, Geraldine had a near-death experience, and it's this experience that we will be discussing today, so she is the right person to chime in on this topic. Geraldine, how are you? 
Hello, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. It is an honor to have you here. So, Geraldine, um, we know that you've done a lot. You've been all over the place. You, you're, you've given a lot of public engagements. You're, you're pretty amazing at what you do, and, you, and your stories are amazing. And, and these, are, these are experiences that some people would, would dread to have. Uh, I know that these have been eye-opening experiences for you. Uh, this episode is about near-death experiences. So can you talk to us a little bit about your 2018 experience? Absolutely. So uh, essentially, I was on a trip to Mexico, and I was in the Tulum in the Yucatan. And uh, we had planned to go to the pyramids uh, to um, uh, see the beautiful ruins and the pyramids. So this is about three miles away, uh, sorry, three hours away from uh, Tulum, which is the nearest little town there in the Yucatan in Mexico. And uh, when we arrived at the pyramids, uh, obviously it was a very hot day. So, uh, you know, we had been, it was really early in the morning. We really hadn't had breakfast yet. But as we, as we enter into the, the ruins, we, we do kind of like a self-guided tour and um, the heat was so strong that it came to a point where I began to um, have like symptoms of a, of a heat stroke, essentially. And um, we couldn't find any water nearby. Uh, we would walk around. These are gigantic grounds. If anybody has, has been there, you understand how, how huge this place is. But walking in the sun, walking in the heat... Uh, you know, not not having water nearby, um, we we found a little store um, down the path, and so by the time I was walking down that path to get, to reach the store, I was already starting to have tunnel vision, like I couldn't really see. Um, it was turning black all around me, but I couldn't breathe very well. And um, we reached the store, and of course, as an energy healer, I I train myself in having mastery over my own body, so really trying to connect with my body, trying to bring my body back into a balanced state out of that panic, out of that, uh, you know, stressing circumstance. And my poor body, really at that point, I wasn't even sweating anymore, but the heat in my body was so intense um, that I, I was feeling dizzy, about to faint. So when I when I reached the store, I we bought like four or five bottles of water and I drank them immediately and I covered myself in the water trying to cool down as much as I could but I was so nauseous so sick uh so dizzy I couldn't see I couldn't even uh walk properly without feeling dizzy falling over and we were nowhere even near the car or the exit or a restaurant uh you know where where the public area is so I at that point uh kind of began started blacking out but I I began to ground myself and come back into the body and I was able to bring myself into some kind of balance until we we walked all the way back the ambulance was handling another case of a heat stroke on the other side of the park there was only one ambulance available there and there was no medical uh, support any other place by the time we got to the restaurant uh, we went into air conditioning I went into the restroom, I washed my face, I started to get feel a lot better, and I came back to my senses again after eating. And I felt like that was a, a close call, <laughs> and it was a difficult situation. But uh, we leave, we get into the car, and of course, at this point, I drank probably like, uh, you know, 10, 10 of these small bottles of water, 
And uh, this is a three-hour car drive that we have to get into. So by the time we get into the car, we drive down the road. And this is the middle of the jungle in the Yucatan. I want to remind you, there is nothing. There is no, like, fancy gas stations with stores. There's no air conditioning. This is the jungle. So probably about 30 minutes down the road, uh, I feel like I need to use the restroom. And so we stop at this tiny little hut made out of wood where they they do furniture they build furniture on the side of the road there so i get down and i go to the to the restroom and the restroom is literally a shack and it's covered with uh, spider webs and all kinds of little creatures all around and and you know i just go because you know that's the only thing there is so yeah so i i, I go into the restroom and um i feel like this poking sensation on the back of my back hip but I don't think much of it. I'm thinking it's a mosquito, you know, no big deal. Um, but by the time I close the door of the little shack and walk maybe 12 steps back to the car, my hand reaches out to grab the handle of the door and my hand is covered with with like bubbles or like, uh, I guess they look like boils. Yeah, and I, I mean, large all over my entire hand, front and back all the way up my arm. My other hand starts to, they just start popping up little boils. I look down at my feet, my feet start popping up in boils and my entire arm starts to go numb so quickly, so scary that I can't feel anything. It literally feels like it's not my arm anymore. And I, we start to panic and I, I get down into the car and I sit down and I said, oh my gosh, something happened, something bit me or, or I ate something wrong. And I start to feel nauseous again and sick. And, and as we're driving, now my a friend that was with me was like panicking. We, we don't know what to do. But as we're driving down the road, there's they have these police stop checks. And the police, we roll down the window and we, tell, we show the police. I tell him in Spanish and I say, hey, do you know what this is? I, I don't know what's happening. And he says, oh my gosh, you're having an allergic reaction to a scorpion. That's a scorpion bite. And, and I, and I look at him and I say, well, what, what do I do? He's like, you need to get to a hospital because this is a, you're having an allergic reaction. And I said, where, where do I go? He's like, there's nothing here. You have to drive two hours, you know, to get to the nearest place. So you guys better hurry. So, you know, he calls ahead to the other police stops to let them know that we're going to be kind of rushing through, um, and to let us through and we, we get into the car. And as, as we're driving, I literally begin to feel this immense stiffness and like a heat sensation coming all the way into my body where everything starts to go numb and my, my throat and my tongue start to get so thick and big. It feels like I'm, I'm about to choke any minute. I can't breathe. My heart was racing so fast. Um, I couldn't breathe anymore. And, and next thing you know, I literally knew that I, I, you know, this wasn't going to go well, but in a moment, in the next moment, as I, as we're running in the car, my, my friend is crying over me, praying over me, uh, trying to, you know, tell me, you know, stay with me, stay with me. Um, but it, the shock came in so quickly and I couldn't breathe. I was choking and I completely just passed out. I, I basically choked and I, what I'm seeing, I'm feeling myself suffocating. I'm feeling my body feel like a, a exploding large balloon. I feel that the entire body is expanding. And next thing I know, this feeling of like almost gently popping sensation. 
um, I see myself looking straight ahead, but I'm not inside the car anymore. And when I when I realize that, I kind of look down and I'm seeing myself moving quickly uh, on the, uh, I guess, horizon of the, of the jungle because, you know, the canopy of the jungle comes to a certain height. I'm moving at the same speed of the car because I'm looking down now to, to my left side and I could see my friend in the driver's seat crying, crying, like panicking, shaking my hand and I'm looking and I see myself sitting in the car with my seatbelt on crunched up, pushed all the way back, like slunched down, like I'm not even sitting up straight anymore. And it was just such a dramatic ex- scene to see myself in the car. Um, and immediately, I, I'm not really understanding what's happening at that moment immediately, but then then I'm, I'm also at the same time conscious of my, uh, of my spiritual practice, funny enough. But the first thought that comes into my mind was the thought of my mother and the amount of grief and pain that she would feel because I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, I'm dying here, I'm dead, I'm like leaving the body. And um, the image of my mother comes to mind and I'm thinking, how can this happen? You know, what what is the agreement? What brought me into this place? Because uh, some of you that don't know my story, I mean, I, I come from a really strong years of, of going through major awakening moments through hypnotherapy and through my contact experiences uh, since 2013 up until 2017. So from 2017 to 18 was a major year of major existential crises and just um, paradigm shattering experiences that led me to a moment of, of really questioning my existence on earth. So I began to think, you know, did I manifest this experience? So what led to this? Um, and as I see my mother, I, I begin to run through the, what's going to happen to them. I have an image of them uh, going through, finding out that I was dying, having that experience, having that suffering. And I begin to feel so much sorrow in thinking about how they are going to handle that and kind of anger at myself for putting myself in a situation that it would cause this this suffering. But at that moment, as I begin to look up and look back towards the front of me, I begin to see this vortex. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a black vortex and at the end is a giant white light. And I am being drawn now into this white light is pulling me, my entire body. And from the right side of me, I, uh, I begin to, to realize that this was an agreement. And I, I think, well, in my waking life, I worked with energy. I knew how to work with contractual agreements. I understand um, how cause and effect karmic cycles lead us to certain experiences. So I said, um, I wonder if this is true here in the afterlife. And so I begin to tune in to this death experience as I'm being drawn into the white light. And I say, show me the contracts that brought me to this place. And from the right side, I begin to see my grandmother uh, from my father's side carrying a basket, these woven old ancient baskets uh, filled with bread. And behind her is a crowds of my ancestors that just come forth. I mean, crowds of them. And I'm seeing my mother, my father, my brother, and, and my family here. And they are bringing to me this offering of bread. And to the front of me, I see a contract 
To the left of me, there is this giant scorpion standing on top of a red and uh, a black and white checkered floor of some kind. This gigantic red scorpion, and what what I'm what I'm looking at as I, as I look at the contractual agreement is that I had reached this pinnacle point of a choice of choosing. Um, you know, the scorpion in, in the zodiac represents alchemy. It represents the occult. It represents the most primal, primordial life force of sexual energy and the attachment to the physical realm. And at that moment, I began to realize that I had reached the part of my ascension process where I had to make a choice between the physical and the physical desires and my higher purpose. And this trip to Tulum, to, to Mexico, was kind of, kind of a, a choice point for me because part of me wanted to was feeling isolated from the human experience, and I was thinking, um, you know, what is the purpose of living if, when you wake up consciousness, you know, it's very hard to relate to other people. It's hard to connect with other people, and I began to think, like, you know, what would it be like to just come back to being a human again, more human-like? And I was in this place in between understanding my purpose, what I was here to do in the world, the contractual agreements, because I had gone through several awakening moments that made that purpose very clear and also gave me very clear directive on how I was supposed to live and what I was supposed to do in order to maintain that balance. And it seems that in this trip, the experiences that I was having were not exactly in alignment uh, with those ideas, you know, uh, on a spiritual level, not on a physical level. So when I realized this, I, I surrendered and I, and I decided, uh, yes, I'm, I'm going to agree to doing these contractual agreements. And, and as I do that, I begin to see all of my ancestors and also other archetypes of myself, these beings, these uh, extraterrestrial looking beings emerge, very tall, dressed in white beings, and it's almost as if they they hand me this this light, uh, this symbolism of light that comes into the body. And as I dissolve the contractual agreement that I'm being shown, I understand that all of these physical desires of the human are just temporary and that the higher purpose is actually what leads our ability to create our life experiences. And as I, as I come to that realization, I'm already quite close to the white light, very far away from the physical, I immediately come back into my body. And I am just thrown back and literally, um, uh, my friend says that my body jolted, jolted as if somebody was throwing me back. Uh, and I come back into the consciousness and I'm, I'm taking this deep breath, like, like, you know, this gasp for air and um, still very vivid what I was just experiencing. And I was in the daze and I, I, I wanted to pass out because it was such a powerful experience. But somehow we, we, we made a two-hour trip in about an hour back to uh, Tulum, to the hospital. And we get back to the hospital and immediately, uh, you know, they take me inside uh, they check my heart and they they see that you know that it went through a major like collapse and um 
they're checking my vitals and they're like, I mean, I don't know how you're alive. Like you should, you should be dead right now. And I couldn't even speak, but, but you know, I, I was dead. <laughs> I was completely dead out of the body. And so they give me um, uh, something to, to regulate my system. And I literally uh, went home after that. But um, I guess what this experience taught me uh, to resume is that the same laws of manifestation and cause and effect that we experience in the waking state, we also experience in, in death. And there is a way to learn how to navigate your afterlife experience in some way. It has a lot to do with intention. It has a lot to do with how you live, how you die, your emotions that you feel at the time of death, you know? So it was a really, really, really powerful awakening. And uh, and just to end that, I mean, as a result of this experience, I activated um, this incredible uh, need to paint, to do art, and I began to paint. And I also uh, was speaking light language as a result of this experience. So I feel that Every time that we go through these kinds of births and deaths moment, it's almost as if we we activate certain parts of us, you know, uh, that that will help our journey somehow. So um, yeah, so that that that's my story. That's uh, actually terrifying and both enlightening at the same time because you do have people out there who are very concerned. They wonder what happens when they die. Are they going to go on to another place? Are they just going to fade to black? So. This story is actually serves a greater purpose than just telling your personal account. It actually opens people up to different possibilities to let them know that, yes, there is hope for you. Your consciousness does go on and you're not going to just fade to black and you're not going to be just a forgotten memory somewhere. One of the questions I had for you, when you mentioned that you were on this two hour drive going back and you felt yourself sort of uh, leaving your body at that point, and you saw your your friend frantically driving. They're they're terrified. They're worried about you. And you saw yourself slumping over. Was this was this like you were inside the vehicle, looking down at yourself? Were you outside of the vehicle, but you could see through the roof as as though it wasn't there? I mean, what was that experience? Yeah, I could literally see the car underneath me. So I could see the roof mm -hmm. of the car. I could see the whole car from the top. Um, and and you know, it's so funny that uh, there was actually. Um, bird poop on top of the car and i didn't know that i i didn't know that but it was funny because it was it was uh there was this gorgeous turquoise feather i don't know what beautiful bird in the yucatan left it there but it was like very funny like spot there on top of the car right and so i saw that but but i guess the interesting thing is that i could see my my poor friend praying over me and doing healing he was doing energy work on his side and i, and I do believe that the holding space of the other people that are around you at the time of death is also plays a really huge role because we we are energetic beings our body functions like a vortex um and we we kind of have mastery over matter and we don't understand the power the impact of our intention and our will but it really affects things and what what i saw him doing i mean he was barely paying attention to the driving but his hands were both on my body, um, and he was he was doing Reiki. He was bringing Reiki energy into my body, and I could see above him was this golden light above the car, outside of the car, over his head, that I could see him drawing energy. Like he was actually pulling energy. I could see, uh, you know, his he was wearing shorts, 
and I could see myself slumping down. And when I saw that, you know, I for me, I just felt really bad for my friend. I was like, oh my God, you're putting your poor friend through this and you guys are by yourself and there's nobody to help. Um, but as you can see, time sped up. And I this is the thing that I can't really explain, but from that, we, it should have been a three hour drive. I think we got there in two hours. Um, granted, he was speeding, but even at the speed, I mean, you, you can't really make up that much time. So it was just amazing. It's almost as if we time warped um, both of us, all of us, into this weird space-time moment um, where we collectively experience these things. And and I know. Well, there's always yeah. been the theory that that time is a human construct. And I know, for example, you know, um, some early physicists felt that time was yeah. an illusion. Uh, they, you know, I think it was like a, a Julian uh, Balbor. Uh, he argued that time was like this emergent property of the universe is really not fundamental. And, you know, if you think about it with that in mind, you know, maybe that time is like a film strip. So maybe if you elevate yourself through deep states of uh, meditation or some other type of uh, mechanics that you elevate yourself outside of the physical universe, that maybe you're seeing time like a film strip. Maybe everything is happening all at once. So that might explain, for example, why clairvoyance uh, can see into the future. Really, they're not seeing into the future. Mainly, they're moving outside of this realm of existence that, as we know it, and they're seeing these different points in time. And uh, it even reminds me because, you know, even in the movie The Mothman Prophecies, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, the character Alexander Leake had in, in the Keel thing, he's, he said that, you know, he said that, like, if there's a car crash, like, 10 blocks away and there's a window washer on the building, and he said he could probably see it. And he said it doesn't mean that he's God or even smarter than we are, but from where he's sitting, he can see a little bit further down the road. So these things always fascinated me. And, you know, it, and I believe it probably explains why people do have powers of clairvoyancy. Yeah, well, you know, we, we seem to think of the clairs, the clairvoyancy, clairaudio. We, we think of them as something like fantasy, like, oh, my God, like very few people have that. But actually, this is a faculty that is natural to the human body and to the human function. It's actually essential to the human uh, survival mechanism, actually. Not not the survival reptilian brain that either go, goes into fight or flight, but the higher function of survival that allows the intuitive body to begin to navigate situations in a way that is more of a collective, unified field connection. And this is, this is actually the field that every human has the ability of accessing, but you know, one of the important things that uh, came of, of this experience is that um, I, I'm, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and um, I work with people, you know, every day doing these hypnotherapies, taking them through past lives and, and sometimes revisiting their de near-death experiences in this life. And one of the most amazing things is that when, when they... Uh, Every time that we are taken to that moment of death, you know, they experience the life and they take to the moment of death and they leave the body. They, there is a moment of, of reckoning, of, of realizing so many things when they look back at their life, but it's all relevant to the journey ahead because as they leave the body, they begin to travel. And then and, and I'll tell you, after hundreds of sessions with clients, yeah. it's always the same journey. And this is people that have never heard hypnotherapies before, people that haven't had, uh, they, they don't even need to have a near-death experience themselves, uh, or they've read about the topic. 
but they all describe it the same way. They leave the body, they are drawn into light, they are traveling through time and space, and then they manifest into this other realm, it, whether it's another lifetime, another planet, another dimension, another body. You know, there's a transformation point. It's so amazing. They leave the, they leave the physical, they become nothing temporarily, and then they take a form. And the way that they're choosing this is how they wish to experience based on the, the lessons that they kind of gathered or, or the insights that they've received from the past life. And I don't even think it's so much about lessons being learned necessarily, as much as it is about the vibrational frequency that is created as a result of the, um, of the experiences. I think it, it really is vibrational language. We, we literally become energy. And that becomes a magnet, a resonance that takes them into this other realm where they have an, an opportunity to expand on what they learned or they experienced them in the last uh, life, in the last life. So I found this very fascinating and it, and it talks, it speaks to what you're saying about the fact that time is not linear at all. In fact, we, we, the reason why hypnotherapy works for, for a lot of these near-death experiences is that everything is simultaneous and we can access them like little bubbles of, of consciousness that we tune into. So it's, it's a really fascinating. Now, this has been some pretty amazing stuff. And you know what? I know that this is a bit off topic because in your podcasts, in your, in your lectures, in your appearances, normally you're talking about things like raising your meditative state and you're talking about DNA reprogramming and some insanely amazing uh, stuff, self-love and, 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 and healing yourself from within, DNA reprogramming. That, that stuff is amazing. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Because I'm, I'm outside of the this whole experience that you just described to us, I'm really sure that they would really want to hear about all of the other amazing things that you do. So how can they find you? Yeah, thank you so much, Mark, for having me. It's such a great share here um, with you. Um, you guys can find me at GeraldinaRosco.com if you want to work with me. Um, and, and I also have a YouTube channel where I talk a lot about a lot of these topics and how to navigate them at Geraldina Roscoe. So once again, thank you so much, Mark. Awesome. That's some good stuff. So uh, I want to encourage everyone to make sure that they, uh, you know, check out our YouTube channel, uh, you know, go to uh, just Google her. As a matter of fact, you're going to find her all over the place. You're going to find her on other podcasts as a, as a guest. You're going to find her, uh, her experience on Netflix or her abduction experience on Netflix, which was pretty amazing. Um, I think it's called the, the seating. Uh, and also if you can get out to see one of her appearances live, go, go for it. Uh, I mean, I, I highly encourage that. And, and I myself have to do the same. So, so make sure that you get out there. Make sure you see her in person if you can. And uh, once again, and I'd like to thank you once again for being on the show. Thank you. And and I hope you have a wonderful remainder of the weekend. You too. Thank you so much, Mark. Okay. Thank you very much, Geraldine. Bye-bye. So that about wraps up another episode of The Dark Doorway. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Bolden. Make sure that you uh, like and subscribe. Follow this podcast. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes because this and many other exciting topics are just around the corner. And once again, you guys have a good evening and thank you for listening. 